This is the NFL show to be named later. Foosball, whatever you call it with them gargantuans. Starring T.J. Weber, Zach Zook, and Big Webb. Brought to you by Bruise on the Balcony. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Pro Football Show to be named later. I'm on the phone with uh, my co-host, Zach Zook, as we head into week nine of the NFL. And, uh, Zach, good to hear you, man. It's not your fault you're on the phone. It's my fault. It's the scheduling. Uh, This is the first morning show we've done. I got my coffee to my right, but I'm ready to rock and talk some football. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well, man. I'm doing well. And, yeah, it's it's no problem. This is the great thing about technology. I can be lazy (laughs) as shit and do the show from my own home. 2018 is a great thing. I mean, uh, this shows our generation how lazy we are. No, it's not you. I'm just kidding. But I'm lucky enough where I get my my studio two steps from my bedroom. And, and unfortunately for you and Nick, you guys need to drive, (laughs) you know, 15, 20 minutes. So I appreciate your guys' grind. But, no, this this is a way we can do. So if our schedules are kind of conflicting – or whatever the case may be, we can get things done still. So it's good It's good to have you on here. So a uh, lot of fun, a lot of fun in Week 8. I did not do so well. I did not do so well, Zach. And, uh, you know, what really hit me the hardest was, and we'll go into all our locks later on, but my lock, I, I went on a rant. I posted a video. We haven't posted a video in a while, so I was very confident in my pick of the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, it was a great pick for the first three quarters, and then they gave up 18 points, to Ryan Fitzmagic, who comes in for Jameis Winston. Winston throws four interceptions, and I didn't cover the damn game, Zach. I didn't cover the damn game. <laughs> Cincinnati was minus four and a half. They won by three. What the hell's going on? I lost the game. So I'm not, I'm not too happy. I'm not too happy about last week because everybody's like, oh, yeah, great pick, TJ. I'm like, did you watch the first three quarters? It was good. We're in. But or how, that's the about, NFL. how about basically the, the first 55 minutes? I mean, right. Fitzmagic, here's the one thing that, that just nobody accounted for was Fitzmagic coming off the bench and just absolutely backdoor covering. That was yeah. that was just the worst. It was it was awful, but no, it's all good. It's the NFL. Uh, people are just giving me shit. It's how it works, but it's it's a league that you literally, literally cannot wait and and say, "Oh, well, I'm I'm already it's a winner. I'm already up by 21 points." It does not matter. The NFL is crazy and uh, stuff like that happens all the time. So, uh, Big Webb's happy. He had them in the pool. He ends up getting a big win with Tampa Bay. Uh, and now Fitzpatrick is is the starter. He has to be. He has to be now. It, that's just the way you do it. So we'll see how that works out with Tampa Bay. I am uh, I'm still very confident in my locks. I know I'm three and four now. Uh, I really need to make a big surge. But uh, God, that one hurt. God, that one hurt. What were your takeaways from Week Eight? Um, I I was the Bengals game was definitely a rough one because I watched part of that and they absolutely dominated and that again like you said was just a takeaway at uh, how competitive the league is and in terms of the picks I actually felt like I was doing really well through the noon I think I was like at the top at one point and then we got later on and the damn Raiders who actually looked like they were going to cover throughout most of it. Mm. That went from zero to 100 real quick. Right. Andrew Luck scored a couple touchdowns on him and that, that baby was over. Yeah. But the Packers of course, absolutely enraged me. Uh, they should have beaten the Rams and they blew it. So uh, that in addition to, I was looking at the Patriots on Monday night because we have them next. The Packers do, and they look they look they looked pretty beatable to me. Uh, I, I I they're obviously amazing, probably one of the best teams in the NFL. But they they just they look like if you play your best game, you can force them into some weaknesses. Sure, absolutely agree with that. They stood they stood in there though against the Rams, the Packers. If uh, you watch that football game. You know, that spread was crazy. I still took the Rams in that, but I wish I would have taken Green Bay because I just didn't give Rodgers and their team the benefit of the doubt that they're still a good football team. They were getting, what, nine and a half points in that spread? I mean, what were your— were. I know I know they lost by two, but, I mean, you, as a Packers fan, you probably had to sit there and go, holy shit, we have a chance to actually win this thing. Right, and to be honest with you, I felt like we outplayed them for most of the game. Mm-hmm. I really thought we were like not. I I don't think roster wise we're the better team, but I thought on that day we were the better team. And I was really disappointed ultimately 
with uh, Mike McCarthy. And I think the the decision has been made in the front office, honestly, weeks ago, that he's going to be gone after this season yeah. and that they're kind of moving towards the future. I think that was evident as well with the trade deadline yesterday, and we'll have to talk a little bit about that. But they got rid of Ty Montgomery, who did fumble the kickoff, and there were all sorts of reports that – he threw a tantrum because he wasn't playing enough, and that's why he took it out. And then, of course, that backfired on him. He fumbles, and then they dealt Haha Clinton Dix as well, who's an impending free agent, was going to command a lot of money. And so it, it feels like with that in tandem with the team's performance, in tandem with there have been some really weird calls McCarthy's made throughout the season that have been some real head-scratchers for Packer fans, in tandem with going into the season – they only gave McCarthy a one-year extension. So it was basically like, you better perform. So it it was, it was really disappointing because I felt like there were some decisions made in that game coaching wise that, that really blew the game for us. But ultimately it comes down to the time Montgomery play. If he doesn't fumble that football, we both know what's going to happen. And now he's off the team. (laughs) They said, that's it. That's that's all we need. (laughs) Where did he get traded to, by the way? I forgot. He Montgomery went to the Ravens for seventh rounder, and Clinton Dix got dealt to the Redskins for a fourth. That's right. Well, there you go. And Packers said, we're not messing around anymore. McCarthy says, i got to win some football games, and these guys just aren't cutting it. So, hey, you got to respect it. Your thoughts on Week 8, 314-877-8597. You can drop in uh, a voicemail. I know we will play until next week, but if you have thoughts at all on the NFL, 314-877-8597. 8597, or you can always tweet us at Balcony Brews Pod on Twitter. We are an affiliate of the Brews on the Balcony podcast. Follow us on Facebook and on Instagram as well. Let's go back to last week. So, overall, on uh, the table picks, Big Web leads the way last week with eight wins. Zach right behind him with seven, and me, well, I'm trailing with six. So, uh, we had a little change in momentum. So, after I made the video post, that I put a crown on top of my head. I was cocky, all this stuff. <laughs> Big Web now takes the crown. He's got 61 wins overall. I have 60 still right there. And Zach, catching up a little bit, he's got 56. So a lot of time for you, bud. Yeah, I, well, I was a little disappointed when it was all said and done because I was, I was really looking good. Yeah. And the last, about halfway through the 3 o'clock games, the, the tide kind of turned on me, and I think I lost. Sunday night, I lost the Chiefs cover, and then I lost Monday night as well. Right. So it, it turned on me. I lost some ground. It, it's how it works, man. It's like I was I was sitting there with nine wins for a while, and then like it's games like Cincinnati. I mean, I had Cincinnati all day. I didn't even scoff yeah. at Cincinnati. I go, God, I put out that video. I was doing a rant, and I'm going to cover. What a great day. And then they give up a 21-point <laughs> lead. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So, Oh, I mean, they were, they were killing them, man. Oh, yeah. And this is the this ties my worst week. So my worst week was week five at six. I tie it at six, but I was on a, I was on a tear. I was doing great. I got to bounce back now in week nine. Current standings overall, including the listeners, Blake Stump tied with Zach Daly at the top with sixty five points. Zach getting the top picker. Zach Daly getting the top picker last week with twelve wins. Only missed two: Detroit and Kansas City. So that's a big time get right there. Congrats to Zach. It's a huge week. Blake Stump and Kevin McClory. And also Mark Kessler were second, tied for second at 10 overall wins. And then coming in tied for fifth place was Kyle Stump and Tammy Ressler, who both had nine. So pretty good, pretty good week overall for the listeners' picks. And uh, overall standings now, Blake Stump and Zach are tied at the top. Zach Daly, that is a key, I gotta say that, at 65 total wins. Colby Wedwick loses his crown for now, but he's very close. He's in third place with 64. Mark Kessler down there at fourth place with 62. Big Webb. In fifth with 61, and tied for sixth, we have me, Jordan Shrimp, Matt Jamison, all at 60. So it's really anybody's ball game. I mean, a lot of a lot of people can really make some surges here, but uh, it's going back and forth. A lot of uh, the listeners are kind of bouncing around, Zach. Yeah, I mean, you look at the top. What is it? Seven, eight people are all within you know five wins of each other at the top there. So we're only halfway through, like you said last week. 
on the show. We picked through the playoffs, including the Super Bowl. So yep. that that Super Bowl pick, if it's between one win with a lot of people, could be huge. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, and this, this is just giving away my secret, but if I'm tied at the top and we go to the Super Bowl, I'm taking the underdog. I mean, why not go for it? Because everybody else might be on the favorite, and you don't want you can't split a jersey. We're, we're not giving away ten jerseys. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're we'll give away something, but um, we'll, we'll give away. Uh, we'll figure out a tiebreaker. Maybe the most wins for a week out of those tiebreakers, you get like say Zach Daly has twelve wins in week eight. Blake Stump, his highest win total is eleven. We would give Zach the jersey and then give you other guys something else. So we'll work that out. But. Yeah, but I, I think you have to almost go underdog just to make a little jump there because you know everybody else is going to go on the other pick. So maybe you give your, your yeah no I th- yeah I mean why, I, I think you're right yeah why not do that uh, locks of the week last week so don't I don't want to talk about mine I already talked about mine Cincinnati minus four and a half you suck Marvin Lewis you still won the game <laughs> I don't care you suck I hate you uh, so I go to three and four on locks Zach had Washington minus one and a half I mean look at this Zach Zook I mean look out this kid this kid's six and two. On locks. I mean, what is your secret? Uh, well, my secret is I can only bet about four or five of the games. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the ones I, I know, I know. And on the ones I don't, I clearly don't. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. A six and two, man. That, that's a hell of a stride there. Uh, so make sure you listen to Zach and his lock of the week. And the big web, uh, the, the big web expert picker, he actually comes away with another win. Had uh, last week Indy minus three and a half, and he's now five and three. On locks, so everybody doing pretty well on locks. I was doing well, and uh, I'm bouncing back this week. So make sure you tune in. Once again, you can follow us on Twitter at Balcony Bruce Pod on Twitter three one four eight seven seven eight five nine seven. Before we get into Week Nine picks, let's go over Big Web's best four plays of last week. He goes three and one overall, and is now nineteen and thirteen overall against the spread. I mean, this guy knows what he's talking about. You got to listen to his picks, and uh, he almost went with the sweep last week. He only missed on the L.A. Rams minus 9.5, who are in a close game against the Packers, as we mentioned. But the Saints covered, Indianapolis covered, and Tampa Bay-Cincinnati over also covered. So he goes to 3-1, and one, and as I mentioned, 19-13 and 13 overall against the spread. So that big web knows what he's doing. Better watch out. Yeah, he's creeping up there. Yeah, he, he can help you out. So just listen in every week here on the uh, Pro Football Show to be named later. So let's move into the Week 9 matchup, Zach. We... Uh, we have a slate that I think has some very fun games that I think we're all going to be uh, back and forth on. Unfortunately, it starts on Thursday night with a horrible game. Oakland against San Francisco. Uh, I don't give a shit. I don't care about this game. It's going to be awful. Uh, I don't even want to talk about it. It's it's terrible that we have to start and break it down a game that just sucks. Um, God. I'll take Oakland. Plus three and a half. Wow. Uh, I don't know why. See, I, I knew you were going to do this. I'm, I'm going to do it because I was talking shit on Oakland last week. I feel like, <laughs> I, I mean, they, they didn't cover. But something tells me San Francisco at home, I don't think they're that strong overall. I think Oakland still has a little bit to go with. I think Carr played well last week, good enough to stay in that game for a while. I don't know. I don't know. I don't care about this game. Give me Oakland just because. Yeah, I, I don't care about it either. I, I'm going to take the 49ers for the simple fact that they're at home. Right. But I kind of had a feeling that uh, a lot of people would be on the Raiders because of how well they hung in against the Colts. They did score 28 points, and the offense looked a lot better than it has in the past. But ultimately, I'm going to side with Shanahan. I actually have gotten to the point now where when I look at the Raiders and I compare them to the 49ers, I really do think the 49ers might have a better roster. They, they might have more talent. The, the Raiders, yeah, obviously the Raiders have a huge edge at quarterback, and that can't be taken for granted. But I don't know. Three and a, you're right, dude. I could really give a shit about this game. Yeah. I'm just going to take the 49ers ultimately because they're at home. It's honestly a coin flip in this game. That's pretty much what it is. It's two teams that are really underperforming. You don't know how they're going to perform each week. They could come out and play like – Raiders did last week they could come out and play like the Niners did against the Packers or they could just lay an egg like they usually do so I, I'm going to take Oakland for for no reason just because I feel like it so don't listen to my pick on that if you really want to bet that game don't listen to my pick because I'm just picking Oakland because I feel like it uh if you want to bet that game you have a game win problem yes yes absolutely you do you got nothing to do on a Thursday in Vegas so let's vote on Let's go ahead and bet on the uh, Oakland Raiders and San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> what a terrible time that would be. Uh, so Zach goes with San Francisco. Me and Dad go with the Oakland Raiders. Next up, we have Atlanta. We'll head out to Washington as the Redskins are minus one and a half points 
at home. Um, I'm going to take Atlanta in this one. Coming off the bye week, I think uh, they're ready to rock. They've been playing very, very well after the slow start. The offense has just been moving the ball well. Washington's a great team, though. At home, they got good fans out there. AP had a big-time week at Fantasy. Shout-out AP last week. Um, I just have a feeling that Oakland's going to be – sorry, Oakland. Atlanta's going to be in this game for a long time. Even if it's a close one, I just don't see Washington winning this one. I think if it's going to be close, Atlanta will edge them out by a field goal. I just think they can move the ball better than Washington can. And at the end of the day, even with Washington's decent defense at home, I have a feeling that – it's just going to be catch-up time for Washington. And it's a lot of work to catch up with an Atlanta offense that is consistent, that has been working the ball with different receivers. Julio still hasn't had his breakout game. I think this could be it. Give me Atlanta getting one-and-a-half points. Yeah, this is, a, this is a close one. And the spread reflected just one-and-a-half, basically a pick em. I'm going to take the Redskins because I ultimately believe they're the better team. Plus, they're at home, and the spread's not very big. However, I agree with you. I think the Redskins are the better team overall. I think the Falcons have the better offense. They did have two weeks to prepare for this, and I think that they have at least demonstrated over their last couple of games that they're not just going to go away because of all these defensive injuries. They're good enough to still win some football games, and so I think you're right. This could end up being a pretty close game that the Falcons end up winning. The Redskins have been pretty dominant at home. I don't know off the top of my head what their home record is, but I don't know if they've lost a game at home, at least not over the course of the last month. So I'll I'll take Washington. It's certainly not going to be my lock of the week or anything like that, but I'll take them to get to six and two. This it, it, boy, if the Redskins do beat the Falcons at home, they're pretty much looking at a, locking up a division title here in the next in the next couple of weeks if they can take care of business. Yeah, they're sneaky six and two if they would win. I mean, they're like yeah. one of those teams you didn't expect to be this good, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, the Redskins are six and two. What? You know what I mean? Because they've had no, good games, yeah. and they've had terrible games. Right, not at all. I I picked them last in the division in the over the in the our preseason picks, and I honestly thought Jay Gruden was going to get canned after this year. Right. I, I think they have a weird makeup, but they do have talent on their team. And one of the big reasons I think you're seeing the record where it is, they have been so effective at running the football. Adrian Peterson's fifth in the NFL in rushing. Right. Yeah, I agree. And he's been one of the standout guys that you didn't expect. I mean, you know, I'm talking fantasy real quick, but I picked him up late going into week one on our free agent market because people said, oh, old man Peterson, no chance. They thought... Uh, Who's their, who's their backup that catches a lot of passes out of the backfield? Uh, I'm totally Chris blanking. Thompson. Chris Thompson's been he's, hurt he's, a lot. He's so good. He's so good, but he's been hurt a lot this season, so AP's getting more touches, and AP's showing that, dude, he's not done. He, he's, he's, a, he's a horse. He's a man. He's just, yeah, he just, not at all. He can just take people on his back. He's a stud. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think it's a, it's a big-time opportunity for – for Washington, I just have a feeling against this offense, Atlanta's going to be scoring after the after the week off. So it should be fun. I'm not totally confident on it, but I'll take Atlanta plus one and a half. Dad also takes Atlanta. Zach goes with Washington. Moving on, we go to uh, Kansas City against Cleveland. Interesting game as Kansas City is minus eight and a half points on the road. Cleveland now with a brand new head coach as they uh, fire Hugh Jackson after the two five and one start. Also fire offensive coordinator Todd Haley. And they uh, promote Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator, to head coach. In this situation, Cleveland should be pumped up after the new after the coaching change at home. However, I mean, this is little, but I did watch Hard Knocks. I think they have a lot of respect for Hugh Jackson, those players. So I don't really think it's going to be one of those things where they're so pumped up about the coaching change that they come out and, and beat Kansas City or come out and stay close with Kansas City. It's, it's a total opposite. They have a new offensive coordinator now. They have a new head coach. They only have one week to prepare for the best team in the NFL. Uh, I guess maybe second best if you think the Rams are the best. But Kansas City's going to roll. I think they're going to score a ton of points on Cleveland. And, again, just with the new scheme and kind of figuring out the new coaching situation, I, I don't know if Cleveland's going to be able to keep up. By the way, quick stat. I believe this is the eighth different Browns coach that has been fired midseason after the second Pittsburgh Steelers game. I saw that tweet from Adam Schefter. I believe it's eight. How crazy is that? So, anyway, give me Kansas City minus eight and a half. Yeah, I'm with you. I I was pleasantly surprised to see this thing at single digits. The Chiefs have gotten some just gigantic spreads. And even with the gigantic spreads, they've been covering them for most of the game. I was really rooting for the Chiefs to cover – uh, against the Broncos, uh, and of course the, the Broncos kind of backdoor covered that thing with a touchdown. But I think the Chiefs will cover this one, and it's partially due to 
all the dysfunction going on in Cleveland this week, as you mentioned, just eight and a half. And who, who exactly is going to be calling the plays? I mean, Hugh right. Jackson and Todd Haley were were the two offensive minds in, in that in that system. And now you have a rookie quarterback that's having to overcome so much dysfunction in that organization. Jimmy Haslam is a complete, complete clown. They, I mean, I feel like you could just automate a tweet about like every other November or every other October that says Cleveland Browns fire their head coach. I mean, it's just <laughs> right. unbelievable. Yeah. They, they are, they are a, the biggest clown show in sports. They're two, five and one. I mean, I think their roster is actually a lot better than it's been in years past, but they're going up against the high power chiefs offense in the midst of all this dysfunction this week. I can't imagine they're able to prepare that well. And so give me the chiefs. All right, so we all sweep. Big Web also takes the Chiefs minus 8.5. We move on to another noon game. Detroit heads out to Minnesota as the Vikings are minus 5.5 points. Vikings are a team that uh, maybe hasn't had the greatest start in the world. They're 4-3-1 after dropping the game against the Saints last week, but the Saints are 6-1. and one. I mean, I think one of the best teams in football. Stay tuned for my pick later on against the Rams. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take the Vikings in this one at home. You know, Detroit trades away Golden Tate. They have to have Galladay and some of these guys step up. Marvin Jones having a big game last week. They restructure his deal, too, to open up some cap space. So I don't know what that means. I don't know what kind of moves they're trying to make. I I believe that Detroit's a, a better team than they've shown. However, going into a Minnesota game at Minnesota, Minnesota's less than a touchdown favorite. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota. I just think their offense has been too damn good. Thielen's had a ton of yards all season long. One of the probably the top receiver in the league right now. And then you add in the fact that you you kind of work in Stefan Diggs last week to be able to score some points against New Orleans. I just don't think Detroit's going to be able to keep up. They want carry on Johnson to run the ball more. They have again their best possession receiver gone now to Philadelphia. So I don't know where this offense is going. I don't know what Jim Bob Cooter wants to do. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what all these guys are thinking on offense about where Stafford's going to throw the ball. You know, now that they take out Golden Tate, they're going to put more coverage on Jones, so that has to open up stuff for Galladay. But anyway, it it's kind of the same situation as the Browns. It's not a new coaching change, but you trade away one of your top pieces now. And, and the week after when you play a good team, it's tough to bounce back and figure out your game plan. So for that instance, I'm going to take Minnesota. I just think they're a good team. They'll They'll run the ball with Murray, who's shown a lot lately. And I just believe Detroit won't be able to keep up. So give me the Vikings. I'm surprised at that pick, although the rationale you give with the Golden Tate trade is, you know, it's it's interesting. Well, it didn't make and, sense to me. I, I just didn't a, get it. I, I thought it was, and I thought it was honestly a locker room thing. But it sounds like, you know, when they restructured John, Jones' deal, that it, they're opening up cap space. But I'm like, for what? Like, what, what do you open up cap space for in Week Nine? Like, I, I don't understand. So they got a third round pick out of him, but I don't know. I don't know why you trade at this time. I don't know why you trade him, but I don't get it. I don't. I don't understand at all. Well, is he going to be a free agent at the end of the season too? I mean, if they felt like they, they weren't going to bring him back, maybe that's because that's kind of what the same thing that happened with Clinton Dix. But I, I'm with you from the standpoint of aren't we competing to try to make a playoff? Spot? Yeah, it's not a good division. Exactly. Like, the Lions have been pretty good so far this year. They are absolutely going to be competing for a division crown, maybe even a wild card, and so I don't know why you deal one of your your top targets. I think ultimately they just decided that they think the offense can swallow the uh, absence of him and still compete, and that's got to be – that's the only reason I think you do that. Yeah, I agree. So I, I'm going to take the Vikings, too. I hate this spread. I really would not bet on this game because um, I think that there's a, a decent chance a decent chance the Lions win. But sure. for the reasons you mentioned, I do still feel like it's, you know, I'm 65% feeling fairly confident that the Vikings pull it out. But, I you know, on the other, on the other hand, I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings lay an egg. They've gotten blown out in that stadium against the Bills this year so this is the Vikings second division game uh they tied to the Packers in their only other division game it's really going to be interesting to see this division shake out because the Packers have played every team once and for the other three teams that was their only division game so far so things are really going to start to uh shake themselves out and it starts with this Vikings game against the Lions huge game that's probably gonna be the game I'm gonna end up watching the most of I'm gonna take the Vikings ultimately because like you said I think 
their roster is just a little too good. But I think the Lions and Stafford will give them a really good shot. They'll hang in there, and I wouldn't be surprised if they ultimately win. All right, so you know, there you go. So Zach takes Minnesota. I do as well, and so does Big Webb. So clean sweep. No one giving love to the Detroit Lions. So you know what that means. Lions are going to play their best football game. That's usually how that works. Uh, next up, we got Chicago heading out to Buffalo. Chicago is minus 5.5 points. Buffalo coming off a loss at home against New England. Again, New England didn't score that many points, just in the 20s, but Buffalo just couldn't keep up with them, obviously. Um, I think this is way too small of a spread. I know it's in Buffalo, but Chicago moved the ball very well last week. Trubisky, again, that, that, I, don't, I just don't see him as a running quarterback. I mean, but he runs so much. He just finds these lanes and just is like pitter-pattering his feet, doesn't do anything special, but just finds some you know, 10, 12 yards at a time. It's unbelievable. But he just looked so good last week. Chicago, even without Khalil Mack getting a big win, I just believe that uh, they're going to go into Buffalo and just thwop them. Again, going back to my word, thwop them. I just don't see Buffalo keeping up. And, and it's not going to be the same situation where I don't believe Chicago's offense is as good as New England, obviously. But it's going to be a point where Chicago gets – you know, 21 or so points on Buffalo, and, and they're just not a good enough team to to bounce back or do anything. So I honestly just think Chicago's going to win this game outright. And didn't the Bills just sign Terrell Pryor? Did I just see that? They did. Yeah, they did. So they said that they might – there was an article, and this might just be a hot take, but saying they could play him at quarterback. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Why Why the hell not? I mean, college quarterback, and I am i don't know if he's been taking any snaps lately, but uh, maybe that's a thing too. You can see Terrell Pryor behind center. Yeah, you mean was drafted as a quarterback yeah, for the Raiders. That's what I mean. So, but anyway, give me Chicago. I just think the spread's way too low. If it was seven and a half, I think about taking Buffalo, but I think Chicago will win by a touchdown. Yeah, Derek Anderson with the concussion. That means Nate, our boy Nate Peterman, is going to be back under center. He's, he's your boy, ain't my boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I think it's hilarious. I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. He's legitimately one of the worst quarterbacks in NFL history. Oh, he, yeah. like statistically, he is. And uh, it is just hilarious to watch him play football. <laughs> but And he's going to get another start against the Bears defense at top five in the NFL. I, I don't have much analysis for this one. I think the Bears will swallow him whole. And they they proved a lot to – well, they helped me out. They covered against the Jets on a bigger spread than this. So right. I like them to cover five and a half against the Bills. All right, so uh, again, clean sweep. We all have the Chicago Bears. Moving on, we got Pittsburgh going out to Baltimore. The Ravens are minus three and a half points. Pittsburgh with a win over Cleveland last week. That got Hugh Jackson fired. Man, this, this these are always tough to pick. These are always tough to pick because of the fact that it's an, a division rival game. It's also a game where you have Pittsburgh and Baltimore, the two smash mouth teams of the past, two big time defenses of the past, going at it here. The only thing that really uh, concerns me in this pick that I'm going to make is that Baltimore is at home. They are a different team at home most of the time. Pittsburgh... I'm going to take the offense again. That's just what I do, and they're getting three and a half. I can't believe it's three and a half. I thought it'd be two and a half for sure. Um, Baltimore, I thought it'd be minus two and a half. That seems more logical to me. The fact that they're, Pittsburgh is getting more than a field goal on the road and they have the better offense, I'm going to take the Steelers in this one. I just think they have too many weapons, and uh, kind of like it, it happened with New Orleans, even though they should have gone to overtime in that game, I believe that uh, Pittsburgh has too much offense for Baltimore to keep up with. And uh, they won't score a ton, but Baltimore won't score a ton either. That's just kind of how their offense is. So give me Pittsburgh. Um, again, it's just uh, it's the Joe Flacco effect. He's good, not great at times. That's why I'm taking Pittsburgh. Yeah, this is going to be a great game. Like the like the Lions-Vikings, I may have to do the old double box and watch the Steelers and the Ravens too. This is going to be a classic, classic matchup. And, and I'm going to take the Steelers too. And I like the offense, as you mentioned. That's part of the reason I'm going to pick them. They've been the class of the division the last several years. So that's another plus in that category. Plus the fact that you're right, these division rivalry games are so tough to pick. So why not pick the team that's been more successful historically right. and that's getting points? I, I felt like this one actually was a little bit of a no-brainer, at least in terms of you know, like the the rationale behind it. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, and, and the last week the Ravens lose the Panthers 36-21. I know the Panthers were at home, but, I mean, you can see that there's holes in that defense. I mean, Christian yeah. McCaffrey finding, finding the opportunities to get in the end zone – and uh, he was getting open a ton. Cam Newton did everything he wanted to through the air. And he's usually a guy that is a run-first type of guy, but he's got an arm. He showed it on uh, on Sunday. But you can see that the Ravens are a decent football team. I just don't think they're as good as a lot of people think. So, uh, again, I go with the offense. And also, 
the fact that they're giving the Steelers points, I'm just I'm still shocked at that spread. I really am. So uh, with that being spit, with that being said, we have another sweep. We all take the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, sorry to be boring, folks. It's just uh, we're all on the same page here. We're all, we're all doing our expert analysis, and uh, we're finding the same picks. So uh, moving on to another noon game, we got Tampa heading out to Carolina. Panthers are minus six and a half points. I mean, Cam and the boys showed up last week. I mean, oh my God, they played so well. Uh, it was great to see their their passing offense do what they did. Cam also getting a rushing touchdown. It seems like he can get one every week. He's just so good at just reading a play, taking his time, and then he looks for the pass first. And because the defense respects his arm, he has a lane open through the middle, so they stop. They can't stop covering the pass. So he's so good at figuring out you know, where he needs to run at a certain time, uses his big body and can dive forward and get in the end zone and run people over. That's why he's so good inside the 15-yard line. I'm going to take Carolina again. I can't believe this is less than a touchdown. I know Tampa Bay came back last week. I know Fitzpatrick's starting. But I just don't think, again, that Tampa is good. I just don't think they have anything that is worthwhile. Fitzpatrick's going to show you a little bit here and there. He's got some magic going on. I just I don't see him being that consistent. It's been a fun run to see him play overall, and I know he deserves to start this week after coming in last week. But I'm still going to take the Panthers. I just think they're going to roll, and I, I just don't see Fitzpatrick keeping up like they did with Cincinnati last week. Yeah, I'm going to take the Panthers as well. Ultimately, six and a half just wasn't enough, quite enough, to get me on the Bucks side. Although the Bucks have had some decent covers so far this season, including last week. Yep. I think Fitzpatrick is the better quarterback on that team. I kind of always have. And although he is inconsistent, as you mentioned, so is Jameis. And Absolutely. Fitzy isn't, isn't game to game. He, he feels like he's half to half. Like, he, you have no idea. Well, what he's going to give you. But I ultimately think that he complements the receivers and weapons they have better than Jameis does. I feel like he can get the ball to Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson uh, a little bit better. And so I think that their offense is a little bit more potent and explosive, but it can also go the other way just as quick and blow up in their face. I, like I said, the six and a half just isn't quite enough. You get up to eight, nine and a half. I think I'm going to take the bucks, but I, I mean, I think the Panthers are going to compete for a division title. They're 5-2. and two. They've been outstanding. Uh, give me Carolina at home as well. All right, so uh, Zach and I go with Carolina. And Big Webb, who uh, was on Tampa last week, goes back with Tampa. He likes Fitzmagic, and he takes the Buccaneers. So we do not have a clean sweep for the first time in, I think, four picks. Four picks is the first time we've had it since. So, uh, so yeah, Big Webb going on a limb and taking uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Move on to the last noon game of Sunday. The New York Jets head out to Miami as the Dolphins are minus three and a half points at home. Jets uh, only scoring 10 points on the road last week against the Chicago Bears. Let's see what Miami's got this week. I I feel like, again, at home they're a different team. They were on the road last week against the Texans, fell 42-23. They've been sputtering the last few weeks. Uh, Deshaun Watson throws five touchdown passes. I do Again, the Dolphins are that team that you just have no idea what they're going to bring each week. But the fact that it's at home and the Jets have not been consistent either, as I've mentioned, I know it's a divisional game, but I'm still going to take Miami. Three and a half does scare me. I wish it was under three. Uh, I just believe that they're going to be moving the ball more. And and the Jets, again, just not a team I can really trust. So I'm going to take the home team in this one. Don't love the game. Won't watch it. uh, But give me Miami. I'm going to take the Dolphins, too. Uh, this is, feels like a bit of a loser-goes-home game. The Jets, I mean, are not going to compete for a playoff spot, but they are 3-5. and five. They could get to a game under if they get a big win on the road. And if you're the Dolphins, you're sitting at 500. You've kind of come back down to earth last couple of weeks. You lose to the Jets at home. Your season's probably done. And I think that the AFC is weak enough to where the Dolphins, if they get their shit together, I don't know what the deal is with Tannehill, if he's coming back or not. Right, but, but Osweiler's they, been playing pretty could, good. Yeah, they, they could play for a wild card spot, I think. I mean, they're 500. If you, they, if you just play a game or two above in the second half here, you're, you're going to make a playoff spot in the AFC. And so they're three and a half. The spread is pretty favorable in this one. I'm going to take the Dolphins, who are a weird team. Again, they're like the AFC version of the Redskins a little bit. Right. They it, it, they have weird talent, kind of. All right, so Zach goes with Miami. So do I. And Big Web going with the New York Jets on the road. So we move on to our first 3 o'clock game of the weekend as Houston will head out to Denver. Denver is minus 2.5 points. 
Houston last week just showing that they got an offense, 42 points. They're now 5-3 and three and are just on, on fire. They just consistently are winning and, and getting in the end zone. They do lose Will Fuller, however, as he is out for the season. And, uh, Zach, this, this game, to me, is a trap game for Houston. I'm going to go with Denver. Uh, I, I was shocked. I thought when I first saw this it was going to be Houston all day. But Denver at home, they were able to move the ball last week against Kansas City. We're giving them a scare for a while. Chiefs did not cover the game, but they did win the game by seven. Um, I think Denver's offense isn't great. I still don't believe in Case Keenum. But I do believe that they're better than I thought they were. So with the consistency they've shown here and there with staying in football games, with kind of giving one of the best teams in the NFL some scaries last week, I'm going to take Denver at home, minus 2.5. I can't believe it's this low. I thought it'd be a little bit higher, like 3.5, 4.5 kind of range. Um, I just don't know if Houston's that consistent on offense. they got a great defense, but we'll see what we see from Deshaun, ja- or Deshaun Watson again after that five-touchdown performance. Without Will Fuller, too, he's going to have to step up. Hopkins might be double-covered now with Fuller out, so we'll see how the offense reacts. I just don't think they're going to have as explosive as, as a game they did last week. And uh, we'll see what Denver's running game has with Lindsey and company. So I'm going to take Denver minus two and a half. That's a, that's a very bold pick. I know. But I, know. I see why you make it. I mean, Denver is really good at home. And they, it's tough to go into mile high and win. If the Texans do get this win, which I haven't picked, I, I actually i am going to go with the Texans. I think that they're going to win the AFC South. And I think that they will be a three or four seed in the AFC playoffs. I think that they have really proven a lot the last couple weeks. But you're right. If they go into mile high and get a win, not an easy place to play. And the Broncos, although they traded Demarius Thomas to the Texans, that'll be a huge storyline to follow in that game, whether or not he plays against his former team a week after getting dealt. Um, I, I think the Broncos, they, they still have a lot of talent. They have a lot of veteran talent, too, with Von Miller and Chris Harris Jr. and Brandon Marshall as well. The defense is really, really talented, and they play very well in Denver. All right, so Zach will go against me and Big Webb as he takes the Houston Texans, me and Big Webb, going with Denver at home. I was shocked. I thought I was going to be the only one taking Denver, but uh, Big Webb also agreeing that uh, home field advantage is a big thing and uh, should be a good game. Chargers head out to Seattle. as Seahawks are minus one and a half points. Just put a schlacking on my Detroit Lions last week. The Lions try to make a late uh, late comeback, unfortunately, came up short. But I cannot believe how bad their defense played against Seattle. Seattle moved the ball so well, 28 points scored. They're 4-3 and three now overall. And now, uh, this is a stat, too, I saw. The Seahawks have 150-plus rushing yards in four straight games. I mean, this is a rushing attempt, a rushing uh, offense that they thought was going to do nothing on the ground. I mean, I thought it was going to be all Russell Wilson through the air this season for them to win, but that's not the case. Uh, really had a lot of trouble stopping him last week. With that being said, though, the Chargers now come to town, and they're also giving the Chargers one and a half points. I think LA is just too damn competitive. They're just too damn talented to be able to give points, no matter if they're on the road or what the case may be. I know that the 12th man will be out, and they'll be loud, and I know they're coming off a big win against Detroit. They're four and three. However, I just don't see them giving the Chargers a point and a half. I think the Chargers will win this one no matter what, and if they win because of the spread, they'll they'll cover. So it doesn't really matter. So give me the Chargers. I'm going to take the Chargers as well. I'll give you a little preview. I, the, I'm between this and one other game for my lock. I'm pretty confident the Chargers are going to win this football game. And the the Seahawks have been playing a lot better football. I don't think they're going to rush for 150 on on the Chargers defense. I, I don't I don't see that happening. I think the Chargers defense is is much too talented to allow that. But I, I've been really surprised at how well Seattle's been able to run the football because their offensive line really isn't that good, and they don't have a feature back. Right. And uh, so that is part of the reason they've struggled ever since Marshawn Lynch left on the offensive side of the football is because they've had really no running game. And so the fact that they have been able to get a little bit of momentum going on the ground, I think that's big. They come back home, and uh, they'll be very tough in this game. Uh, but I think the Chargers are Chargers are legit. It's a really short road trip for them. So I think L.A. is going to play a, r- a really good game on the road here. All right, so Zach and myself going with the L.A. Chargers, and Big Webb also actually agreeing. He goes with the Chargers as well. Moving to our final 3 o'clock game, and in my opinion, the biggest game of the week, the L.A. Rams on the road to New Orleans. Saints are minus 1.5 points. They are favored in this game against the undefeated Rams. 
Unbelievable. I, I cannot believe that they are favored in this game. I am shocked to see it. I know they're at home. I know they're 6-1, and one, but my God. I mean, I, I am shocked that they're giving the Rams points. With that being said, baby, I'm going with the Saints. I really believe <laughs> this is the game that the Rams go down. I truly, truly believe that this is where they go down. I would not take it as a lock. I would not take it as a bet because it's going to be a game that's very scary to bet because if you take New Orleans, you know how good that Rams offense is. Um, just because the fact that they're at home, they can move the ball very, very well. You saw Green Bay kind of tear up that defense a little bit last week in L.A., and Drew Brees has the capability of doing that, and we know they're a different team at home. With that being said, I believe they're going to move the ball very well on them and just, just continue to grind the clock with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. I don't think they're going to try to be too fancy, but I believe they will score a decent amount of points, and it's going to take one big-time turnover by that defense to really put – LA back, you know, back to their backs against the wall. So I really believe New Orleans has a shot to win this. This is my big upset pick of the week, even though they're favored. I know it's an upset in my mind. Give me New Orleans at home. First loss of the year for the LA Rams. I'm going to take the Saints as well. Wow, and look at that. When, when you, yeah, when you first started talking about it, I was like, oh, TJ's going to give me a lot of hell on this. No, hell but no. But you ended up picking them as well. You pulled, you you pulled the switcheroo on me. I, I got didn't you, see man. It coming. I got your back. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I really believe New Orleans will win. I do. I, I mean, I thought like like I said, I I think the Packers really let one get away from them, and that was on the road against L.A. I think they exposed a little bit of a, a formula to beat this football team. And I, I I know you guys gave me some shit last week about saying that you can get after this defense, but I really do think you can. Yeah. I don't think Marcus Peters. They had him shadow for the first time. Last year, because the keep to lead still out, and they're kind of thin at corner. They had him shadow Devonte Adams, and one thing that the the regular football fan wouldn't know, like the the casual football fan, Marcus Peters is a zone corner. He's, mm-hmm. he's not good at man coverage. He he can't do it. He's not very good at it at all. He likes playing soft zone and then picking his spot to be aggressive to intercept the football, and that's where he is comfortable playing. And I don't think if they have him shadow Michael Thomas. There's no way. There's no way he can cover him. And I was surprised that the Packers didn't target Adams more. I think that was another huge mistake by McCarthy. But I think the Saints can get after this defense a little bit. In the Superdome, I think it's going to be a raucous environment. I think Drew Brees is going to be playing outstanding football. They had a huge win on the road against a very good Vikings team. They beat him by, what, 13, 14 points, TJ? Right. Oh, you're talking about – you talking about uh, New Orleans last week? Saints Vikings. Yeah, beat them 30-20. Yeah, 30-20 was the final. Oh, okay. So yeah, so they ended up beat, beating them by uh, beating them by ten. That's a convincing win on the road. And on the on the defensive side, New Orleans has been playing a little bit better. They are only one game worse than the Rams. I mean, when you think about it, the Rams are undefeated, but the Saints only have one loss. They've right. been pretty damn good so far this season, and. They've gone on a six-game winning streak as well. Their only loss was to to the Bucks. They fought, they stumbled week one. So I'm going to take the Saints in this football game. All right. So Zach and me going with New Orleans. Big Web, of course, will go with the LA Rams. I mean, that's his that's his baby. That's his that's his pick every single week. But he's been consistent with it, so you can't really knock it. Uh, should be a fun game to watch at uh, three o'clock on Sunday. We go to Sunday night football, and wow. I mean, if you can sit there and watch football. From 3 o'clock through Sunday night, you're going to see two amazing games. New Orleans, L.A. Rams, as we mentioned, and then New England will host Green Bay as the Patriots are minus 6.5 points. Wow. I From what Green Bay showed last week, I really wanted to take them this week. However, New England at home less than a touchdown. I'm taking the Patriots. I, this is going to be such a fun game to watch. I think it's going to be a shootout, I think, back and forth. I know Big Webb put this in one of his pick, best four plays of the week, the over in this game which currently uh, oddshark.com has set at 56.5. Give me New England. I just believe at home Tom Brady will get it done. It should be a close game, but I believe they could win this by a touchdown. We'll see, though, because the only thing that scares me in this game is the fact that Aaron Rodgers needs to win for Mike McCarthy because if they lose this game, the Packers will now fall to, I believe, 3-4-1 on the season. And, Zach, you mentioned that he might be gone after the year. I think if they lose this game, he could be gone tomorrow or that he could be gone Monday like I think he could honestly be fired just because because of how weak that division is right now in the NFC North the Packers need to take control and I know it's a tough game but when you lose by two to the Rams you had a chance to win that game and then if you go into New England and get embarrassed and by embarrassed I mean lose by two touchdowns or so um, 
I, I honestly yeah, think yeah. falling to three, four, and one, McCarthy could be out. I might be totally wrong on that, but it could be to the point where they go under five hundred. He could they could say forget it, let's can him. So I'm gonna take uh, with that regard, take New England at home. Should be a fun game. Um, I, I you know I I agree with that analysis for the most part. I'm gonna take the Packers to be competitive in this thing. Six and a half points is ultimately too much for me to lay for my boy Rodgers, and maybe that's that's a little bit of a heart pick because I watched how I guess. They, the Patriots didn't play their best football game against the Bills, and the Packers did against the Rams. I feel like the Patriots are going to come out and look like the Super Bowl, like just the Super Bowl dynasty that they've been for the last ten years, basically two decades now. Uh, and I think they're going to be really, really tough to beat. But on paper, they do look very beatable. That defense is—I mean, if you thought that the that the Packers got after the Rams a little bit on the defensive side. Uh, this Patriots defense has a lot of holes. They play, they've been playing much better because Bill Belichick has schemed everybody up, and we'll see what the what the game plan is for Green Bay going into this one. But they should be able to put up points on the other side of the football. New England shouldn't have any trouble putting up points on uh, Pettin's defense. I think the name of this football game is going to come down to can Mike Pettin generate enough pressure to knock Brady off his spot. He did a great job at making Jared Goff feel uncomfortable and get him out of his comfort zone. The one, one, if you could spot one negative in Brady's game, it's the fact that at 40 plus, he doesn't move as well as he used to. And so if you can force him out of the pocket and force him to move around, you're going to make that offense struggle. But we'll see. I'm going to pick the Packers just because I think six and a half is too much to lay, but yeah, I mean, I feel like if I wasn't a Packers fan, I'd probably end up going with the Pats. Big Web agrees with you. He also takes Green Bay. I will go by myself and take New England. By the way, you mentioned uh, how New England's defense has some holes in it. So McCourty got a pick six last week against the Bills. It's the first offensive touchdown by the Patriots since 2015. Pretty pretty crazy. Wow, he, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. If you think about that. So uh, we'll see. Maybe it sparks some more pick sixes. We'll know. We'll we'll see what happens. But uh, no, I agree with you. I think it'll it'll be a shootout again. I don't think I'd bet that game. I just want to kind of enjoy it as a football fan. But uh, I'm taking Brady at home. You guys are taking Green Bay on the road plus six and a half. Finally, we have a Monday night game. It sucks going from like New Orleans, L.A. and New England, Green Bay to this game. Tennessee, Dallas. Who cares? Dallas <laughs> yeah. is minus six and a half at home. I'm not going to break it down much. I'm going to take the Cowboys at home. They've been a better team. Tennessee. I don't like him at all. I don't think Mariota's an elite quarterback. I don't think he's he's even their franchise quarterback. I think he, they could move on from him in a year or so. Uh, yeah, give me Dallas. That's the, see, that's a that's surprising pick for me because I feel like they're both not very good, and I feel like they're similar talent-wise. And so I get the whole Cowboys at home at Jerry World thing, but it's six and a half is a lot of points, man. And I, I, I feel like the game's pretty even. From a, from a talent standpoint, I wouldn't be surprised at either outcome. So, therefore, I'm going to take the points with the Titans. I think you're right. I think that their offense is so freaking weird. That being said, if you can just stop Zeke, you basically stop the Cowboys. It, like It's not exactly difficult if you have the players to do it. And so, I think Dak has really kind of shown his true colors, too. If he doesn't have a great running game and, of, and his defense playing out of their mind, He's not very good, and uh, their defense has been playing a lot better lately. But I, I think the Titans will at least be in the, in the 20s by the time this game's done, said and done. I think that's enough to cover easy. So I, I'm going to take the Titans in this. All right, Zach goes with Tennessee. Me and Big Web go with Dallas, and then I'll do it for our Week 9 picks. Uh, real quickly before we wrap it up, let's give you our locks of the week. Zach, do you have yours ready? I do have mine ready. All right, you go ahead first. Well, I'm going to take the Chargers. Believe it or not, the other game I was uh, between was a game that you and Big Web actually picked against me on. I, I was pretty confident in that Texans game on the road. But I could see that. It's, it's an underdog pick for me. I, I took Denver as an underdog, even though they're, you know, I, I would take them as an underdog for sure. Right. And just the fact that the spread was so low is what made the Texans game appealing to me. It's the same reason why I'm going with my with my lock as the Chargers. Uh, those were the teams I was between. I ultimately think the Chargers are a, a much better football team than the Texans. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the Texans are good. They have proven a lot to me lately. But like you said, mile high and Denver's still tough. I think the Seahawks are tough too. I think they're a better football team than Denver. But 
I think the Chargers are a lot better too. They have a short road trip, as I mentioned when we broke down the game. I think that this is this might be the year for uh, Phillip to to make a little bit of a run at this thing. He's getting older, but they have a really good team. You look at some of the personnel on both sides of the football, and they they can hurt you in so many different ways. From Keenan Allen to Tyrell Williams to Melvin Gordon to, to Austin Eckler as well out of the yeah. backfield catching passes. And then you go on the defensive side. I know Joey Bosa has been out, but I think he's coming back soon. He may even already be back. Uh, they have Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa tandem on the edge. They have, uh, uh, I think they took a guy, a defensive tackle in the draft this year. I can't, that, that escapes me. Uh, they have Jason Barrett and Casey Hayward on the back end. They're they're just a really accomplished football team on both sides of the football. They're five and two. I think that's a true five and two. I think they get to six and two. It's just one and a half. That's my lock of the week. All right. So Zach takes the Chargers plus one and a half as his lock. Again, listen to the man. He's six and two overall. Um, for my lock, I'm going with Pittsburgh plus three and a half. They're on the road in Baltimore. Should be a tough game, but that spread's just too high. I mean, I thought it would be one and a half, two and a half. The fact that you're giving the Pittsburgh Steelers three and a half points, I believe that they're going to win this game outright as well. Baltimore can't keep up with them. I truly believe Pittsburgh going into a divisional game, too. As Zach mentioned, you always go with the team in the past that has been better overall, that's been the Steelers over Baltimore. And I think even if this is a, a non-divisional game, they would be pumped up to continue what they've, what they've started. Antonio Brown got two touchdowns last week. They're fine, starting to kind of include him in the offense as well. James Conner's been doing his thing. And on the road, I know it's always tough. But now it's a divisional game, as I mentioned. They're going to be more pumped up, and it's a rivalry game. They're going to be more pumped up to go out there and beat the Ravens. So that fact alone that they're getting three and a half points really puts this over the top for me. I'm taking Pittsburgh as my lock of the week. And then finally, Big Webb, as he is 5-3 and three this season on locks, he'll take Chicago minus five and a half. They head out to Buffalo, and that is our final uh, locks of the week for week number nine. And right before we wrap it up, we'll give you Big Webb's best four plays of the week. We mentioned last week, three and one and 19-13 and 13 overall. This week, he has Chicago minus 5.5 at Buffalo, Rams minus 1.5 at New Orleans. That's going to be a tough game. I really believe New Orleans will win that one, so should be a lot of fun. Uh, Green Bay, I, I'm sorry, I actually put Rams minus 1.5. They're getting 1.5, uh, according to CBSSports.com at New Orleans. He has Green Bay, New England over 56.5, and, and Tampa Bay, Carolina over 54.5. So there you go. That's Big Web's top four plays, and that's our show for week number nine. Zach, final thoughts. No, not not much. I think those are some good some good locks. I look yeah, at yeah. the Steelers and the Bears as well. I, I typically I like yours a little bit more than I like uh, Big Webs. I think you're right on with the Steelers, but I, I think we got a great slate, especially after you get. I think we got two great noon games with the Steelers, Ravens, and the uh, Lions, Vikes. Then you go down to the three o'clock. You get Rams, Saints. Then you get. Packers Pat. It's going to be a great weekend of football. Hell yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, once again, follow us on Twitter at Balcony Bruce Pod. You can search us on Facebook as well. And make sure you can leave us a voicemail 314 877 8597. Your thoughts on any games, any teams, all voicemails are uh, welcome. We'll play them on the show. And uh, and if you're wrong in your pick, we'll make fun of you. That's what we do. We, we bash each other. But I think, uh, <laughs> Zach, Zach, you're right. Before we wrap it up, I think you're right that, uh, you know, we consistently pick good games. We have entertainment value, but uh, we're winning. We, we put out winners out there that people can uh, can really <laughs> use. So, Yeah, hey, use us. Use our gambling advice. I, <laughs> have, I do not have a deep history of gambling, but my locks speak for themselves, I do believe. Yes. Uh, happy Halloween as well. Yes, happy Halloween out there. Forgot to mention that. Everybody be safe, and uh, good luck in Week 9. We'll see you guys next week.